When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I know about you. Woke up this morning feeling a little a little off, a little different, right? Like it's kind of like a, a big realization like football's over. Done. All right, move on. To what? Okay, we've got free agency right around the corner. Actually, at some point in time today, I, I do want to dive into some NFL talk. We're going to hear from Steve Verderosa, former scout of the Giants, uh, we'll talk about, you know, get his view, his his uh, his opinion in regard to the new regime over there uh, in uh, in East Rutherford, uh, who's going to be in the ship, see if they can turn the ship around. Uh, also, we'll get into some uh, draft talk, because that's really where we're at right now in the NFL, right? Uh, big news yesterday, and that is Brian Flores, hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, his title now is Senior Defensive Assistant. Keep in mind, Troll Austin is their defensive coordinator, but uh, that is uh, big. I think it's, it's, it's big news on, on a number of levels that they do add Brian because uh, whether you, know, you thought he was good or bad as a head coach in, in Miami, one thing is for sure is that he is an excellent defensive-minded coach. And so you add that to the mix and the, the star power that uh, that the Steelers have in their stable, that's uh, that's quite frightening. And I'll go one step further, and that is, don't forget Deshaun Watson and Brian Flores want to connect. As we know, Ben Roethlisberger done in Pittsburgh. I haven't taken a, a deep dive into what their uh, what their cap space is. Could they afford a Deshaun Watson? Could they not? But. I wouldn't be surprised if they're uh, they're kicking those tires to see what happens. Of course, a number of teams are waiting to see what happens with Deshaun Watson. And uh, in the court hearing, there's 22 uh, civil cases that are against him with 22 different women with allegations of uh, a number of things, sexual assault um, and whatnot. Uh, do they come to an agreement? What is the investigation with the NFL? If a team does sign Deshaun Watson, is he going to have to sit for a number of games? There's 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 a plethora of questions surrounding Deshaun Watson. A, what's going to happen with that case? B, uh, if uh, if he does not serve any jail time, which I do not expect him to do so, uh, what will be what what will happen in, in regard to him in the NFL? That's a big question. But really, if you connect the dots here, you bring in Brian Flores. It immediately helps the defensive side of the ball for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it opens up the discussion of one Deshaun Watson making his way to Pittsburgh to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's also Jeremy Fowler is reporting that the Minnesota Vikings could be an interesting landing spot for him as well, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, but that was the big news yesterday in regard to the NFL, Brian Flores joining the Steelers. Uh, like I said, I, I do want to dive into some... Uh, draft talks, some free agent. I've got a list of some of the free agents, big name free agents that are going to be out there. Uh, wide receivers, quarterbacks, uh, running backs, you name it. And obviously when it comes to free agency, 
uh, Jets fans should be more concerned in regard to who's out there in free agency because the Jets are in a really phenomenal position to go out and bring in some free agents, more so than the Giants, as we know. Uh, they are cap-strapped, as, uh, as many like to call it, uh, thanks to Dave Gettleman. So uh, Joe Shane is going to have to work some magic in order to make some improvements, not only just the fact that, of course, as we know, the Giants have the five and the seven pick. So we will get into some NFL talk. Like I said, Steve Rotorosa is going to join us at some point in time in the show. Christian Winfield, who works for the Daily News, he covers the Nets. He's going to join us as well uh, at 10 a.m. today. Excited to get him on the show. We'll talk Knicks. We'll talk Nets with him as well. NBA last night, Obi Toppin wins the slam dunk contest. Uh, he scored a 47 on that final dunk. Uh, he he beat Toscano Anderson uh, in in the final duel, if you wanna if you wanna call it. And that's got to be exciting because let's be honest, as we know, this Knicks team they're 25 and 34, three and 13. Their last 16 games, they're four games back to that 10th spot. I don't expect them to get there. Things have just been really uh, beyond bad. Uh, for this Knicks team, especially down the stretch prior to the All-Star break. So uh, this is, let's be honest, uh, this is this is the highlight last night. <laughs> it's it's unfortunate, I'm laughing, uh, but it's, it's pretty serious. Like at the end of the day, this is going to be the highlight for the Knicks this season, and that's Toppin winning the slam dunk contest. Let's listen in. This is him talking to the media um, and him, uh, his response in regard to uh, to winning the competition. It, it means a lot. As y'all know, my dad right back here uh, used to be a dunker. So, so uh, for me, for me to win this, I knew I had to come back for my revenge from last year, and, and I had fun doing it. And, and and we had a lot of great dunkers here today. But uh, I'm glad I'm glad I came out with the W. Um. So one of his his biggest dunks uh, that he scored a lot of points was when he uh, he dunked over. Uh, and the gentleman's name is Chuck Milan. Actually, I reached out to him. I was I wanted to see if I could get him on the show with us today. Apparently, he's known as the Dunk Guy, and a number of these NBA players hire him and work with him uh, to uh, to get ready for the dunk contest. Let, let's let's listen in. That was my guy Chuck from uh, Team Flight Brothers. Uh, he he actually right back here. There you go. But uh but but he definitely he definitely gave me the ideas. Uh we 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 was talking before before the dunk um dunk contest and was like we want to come out here and do things that people never seen before. So uh those dunks never been done in the dunk contest and and I felt I felt good being out there. So so, uh, so again, Chuck Milan, I, I, I would love to get this guy on the show today. Uh, again, I, I don't have his phone number. I reached out to him on uh, direct message on Twitter. Hopefully we can get him on at some point in time. I, I'm fascinated. Uh, I'd love to get him on and, and find out, like, this is what he does for a living, right? I would imagine, you know, the dunk guy helping a number of these guys, uh, you know, uh, hone their craft of dunking the basketball. That's a great job. Wouldn't you say? Uh, let's listen in one more from uh, from Toppin in regard to what what this means to him in regard to winning this tournament. Oh, well, I'm sorry. This is this is the one uh, talking about his last dunk. Yeah, I want I wanted to get it on the uh, third on the third uh, uh, dunk, but uh, but I ended up missing it and and going to the off the backboard between the legs. Um, but I knew I knew going going back to the to the last dunk. I knew I was going to pull it out and get it on the first try because I knew what I was doing wrong. But I, I'm glad I made it uh, that time. 
Now, keep in mind, he lost to Simons last year. I'm going in, if you listen to the show yesterday, I was all over. I went chalk here. I was all over Jalen Green. I felt like um, he would win it uh, for a number of reasons. You know, it's, he's just uber athletic. Uh, what he's been able to do this season, um, if, if you look at his highlight reel in regard to his dunks, were ridiculous. And I felt like, you know, Toppin really showed what he got last year, right? And so... W- what more could he have brought to the table this year? But, you know, uh, you got to tip your hat to him. And, uh, and if you did watch the slam dunk contest last night, uh, he definitely deserved it. A lot of people felt that he deserved it last year. Well, he certainly got it this year. And probably, I mean, obviously, I think the bigger story here nationwide is, uh, is Towns winning the three-point shooting contest. But obviously, locally, obviously, Toppin is the bigger story here in our own backyard. But... Towns, 29 points in his final round going up against Trey Young and, uh, and Luke Kennard. They both put up 26. Uh, it's the, only the third time that a big uh, won, won the three-point contest. The last time was in 2012 with Kevin Love. And then don't forget, Dirk won it back in 2006. Uh, but if you did listen, guys, I don't know, Brian, do we have sound from Towns as well? Okay, fantastic. All right, when we get back, let's play that because it, it's pretty significant. Uh, you know, one of the biggest criticisms, at least, you know, years and years ago when Shaquille O'Neal was, uh, was playing in the league, you know, was the fact that, uh, you know, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't shoot the ball. Like, if you recall, I think Shaq's, what his free throw percentage was somewhere like 40%, 30%, something like that. It was just, and then there was, there was a lot of, you know, well, his hands are too big. Um <laughs> I, there, there was, there was a lot of uh, excuses. There were a lot of excuses as to why Shaq uh, was just so bad shooting the ball, and 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 across the board, I mean, the mentality has been for quite a while: like, you're a big, you don't need to shoot the ball. Just be, be strong in the paint, be solid in the paint, be physical in the paint. And I, I, I love that Towns has a different mentality. Apparently, he's been trying to get into the three-point contest for a few years now. And, and boy, did he show out. And it was really, really impressive. Uh, just a different philosophy, uh, I think, moving forward in regard to a, a bigger responsibility for bigs, not just to be big in the paint, but also being able to shoot the ball. Can Towns kind of change that mentality moving forward? I think it's already changed somewhat, but will it change even more after Towns' performance. We'll hear from him when we get back. Emmanuel and Flushing, I see you. You want to jump on board and talk about Brian Flores. I also want to continue to talk about the Knicks. Uh, we've got the all-star game tonight, Team LeBron against Team KD. I've got some feelings and some thoughts in regard to that. Also, if you want to gamble on it, Team LeBron is favored by five and a half. That's where my money's riding. But I also want to look bigger picture here moving forward for the Knicks as well as the Nets. And again, Christian Winfield is going to join us. Excited to talk to him about what the expectations are for uh, the Nets and what can we expect with the big three now, it being Ben Simmons as opposed to Harden. So a lot to get to, opening the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you for the next three hours here on a non-football Sunday. I know, I know, it's sinking in. It's becoming more of a reality. We're just going to have to deal with it. We still have free agency. We have the draft right around the corner. And uh, we'll get by. We'll get by. I'll be here for you. 98.7 ESPN. 
Listen, again, let's start with the Knicks. And as we know, uh, 25 and 34, they're 3 and 13, their last 16 games. And a lot of them, beyond the record, uh, were just embarrassing. Uh, down the stretch uh, right before the all-star break and and just having coming out and having significant leads and then blowing those leads and we just heard Jay will talk about uh effort so they're four back from that 10th spot i just don't think i don't see things getting better for them and uh and in all honesty uh, you know why why should they I, I think this is this is a team that really needs to push that reset button uh because a, a few things um now some some of the decisions that that Tibbs has made this season in regard to the 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 starting five and how he used them certain players that a number of us including I, I know very uh, passionate Knicks fans would have liked for him to use more so uh, he kept on the bench I get it like you th- there are a lot of question marks there I really do believe that Tibbs was trying to make chicken salad out of chicken poop. Uh, because for me, if we want to put blame on anyone, and, and I'm not saying Tibbs is to blame somewhat, but uh, what what was he working with? You know, uh, the starting lineup was a disaster. So, uh, you know, and, and whether it's Perry, whether whether it's West, whatever the whatever whoever it is, I, I think just combine them. I know the Post came out and I talked about this with Ty yesterday on the show, and the Post is reporting that uh, DeRozan wanted to come here, and apparently, you know, you read the article, it sounded like. The only reason that uh, that they didn't go for DeRozan it was because Wes was more enamored with uh, Fournier and wanted to see what he could do coming here. Okay, look at the difference. Um, one is extremely incon- inconsistent. The other is having an unbelievable season. In fact, we're going to see him showcase uh, his abilities in the All-Star game later on this evening. In fact, wouldn't be surprised if uh, he wins uh, the, uh, the MVP. I've got LeBron at plus 650. But I do believe he's going to ball out tonight. I said this on our Daily Wager Gambling show on ESPN this past week. Uh, DeRozan has done something that Michael Jordan was never able to do in his time in Chicago. And that is five straight games, putting up 35 points, shooting 50% from the field. And and so, again, based on the Post article, as if DeRozan... And, and by the way, the Post also said that DeRozan was a player who wanted to come here, was a free agent, you didn't have to trade for him, was a player who wanted to come here, and the and, and the the Knicks did not pursue him. Why? Why? Uh, like, what? So, so now, you what do you bring? You bring in Kimball Walker, you bring in Fournier. Fournier, very inconsistent, as we know. When he's hot, he's hot. He'll shoot you out of the gym. When he's cold, he'll lose games for you. And, you know, we, we had uh, we had Tommy Beer on yesterday, and I, I, I threw this his way. I was curious. He had his finger on this pulse better than most, right? And I, I just, I feel like Derrick Rose's value has never been more strong than right now because it is just, it is so evident that by him not being able to suit up and play this season, um, just how significant, you know, that attacking guard is and is needed in this offense. And not to take anything away from Kimball Walker, but let's be honest, the game plan was for Rose to be the starter, Walker to come in, and to offset some time for Rose during games. So, you know, the the game plan was for Kimball Walker to come in off the bench and be the backup to Rose, give him some minutes, keep him fresh for the remainder of the season. 
Rose takes a game off, Kimbo starts. But Kimbo far from the attacking guard that we know Rose is, and, and that's really a big key here in regard to what is missing with this Knicks team, for sure. Uh, I'll go step number, and and, and again, uh, the, the, the off-season moves did, did not fill that void. And, and this is also a team that doesn't have a lot of depth. So when, when you don't have a guy on the court like Rose, and the answer is Kimball Walker, but can't even hold a candle, well, that's, to me, that was the biggest glaring issue. Number two, and just as significant, and that is on defense. You know, it, it, was, it was one thing to lose Bullock, who arguably you could say was the best defensive player on this roster, but Noel hasn't played a lot at all this season. And we hear Tibbs talk a lot about rim protection. Um, top five shot blocker in the NBA last year. He was a big reason why this Knicks defense played so well. So that's that's a double whammy. And the moves you made did not bring in any defensive help on that side of the court. So now offensively you're struggling because you're worse than you were last year. And defensively you're absolutely struggling because you're a million times worse than you were last year. So, you know, again, I'm going to go to the phone lines, 800-919-3776. I've taken a number of calls. I know a number of people are, are upset. Uh, you know, the, the honeymoon with Tibbs is over. But I, if, if it's me, I want to give Tibbs another year here. I want to see what he can do. Um, because for me, this is more about the, the, the players that he had to work with or lack thereof more so than some of the decisions that he made. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Justin in Tom's River. Justin, you're up. Welcome in. Hey, good morning, Anita. Thank you for taking my call. I absolutely love your show. I love that you have this whole gambling thing on every weekend. It's awesome. But I want to uh, I want to disagree with you. You know, yesterday you were talking about the Nets and who you think coming out of the East. You know, you can argue after the trade, I think the Nets are a better team than they are when they were last year. Um, considering that we all know the two things the Nets were having, they were not able to shoot and they got killed on the offensive glass. After this trade, I think they're a much better team. I think an underrated aspect of that trade was bringing in Drummond because the Nets were getting absolutely killed on the offensive glass and rebounding. And I think that presence will absolutely help this team. And also bringing in Seth Curry, because last year, Joe Harris, mm -hmm. in my opinion, was one of the reasons why they lost that series against the Bucks. He was a defensive liability, and he was not able to make three-pointers. Yeah, listen, um, I, no, I, I and, and don't and, wait, don't go anywhere. I just want to comment on, on what you said. I don't want you to hang up, so and we're not going to hang up on you. Um, I wholeheartedly no, agree with not. you. I even, I, I'll even go one step further, and, and I think the addition, you can sit here, you know, I, I think, you know, we're tit for tat, but I think Curry, to me, um, especially from downtown, you know, being able to deliver from uh, from behind the arc and, and, and being able to deliver those three points that we know, that's key now, especially once you get into the postseason. You know, if, if you can't if you can't hit some threes, um, and and how he's going to be able to spread out spread out opposing defenses with that threat from behind the arc, I think is going to be really crucial as well. I, I totally agree, and also too, I, when you're talking about the Knicks, I'm not a Knicks fan, but looking from the outside in, this this team is totally lacking talent. 
I mean, when you look at them from top to bottom, this, this is this is not a playoff team. And I think I totally agree with you. That organization has, has not been able to put the product on the floor. And if I were a Knicks fan, I, I would be disappointed. And hearing that DeMar, DeMar DeRozan wanted to come there, you have to question the GM and the ownership. Justin, thanks for the phone call. Uh, and, and what Justin's talking about, if you didn't listen to the show yesterday, I, I just – looking 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 at the east looking at at the talent uh in in the in the in the nba especially in the east i just i find it what what has ben simmons bring to the equation for the nets defense defense right offensively he has struggled and defensively great if if kyrie if this vax mandate is lifted Okay, maybe I feel a little bit better about the Nets. Um, you know, there's still not a lot of time. Teams have anywhere between 22 to 24 games remaining in the season. Time to gel. How quickly? Here's a few things. Number one, how quickly is Ben Simmons going to get on the court? Again, we're going to have Christian Winfield who's going to join us uh, in about 20 minutes. So hopefully he'll have some answers for us. Everything I'm reading is that he's hoping to be on the court uh, for his debut game in Philadelphia against the 76ers. Boy, that's going to be one you can't miss. But once he does come back, how much time is it going to take for them to gel? Because it's, and, and, and as Justin just pointed out, it's not just Ben Simmons, it's Curry. It's, you know, it's Drummond. It's, it's, and you don't have Kyrie playing at home in Brooklyn. And it's, it, it's, it's a different team. So I, I just, you've, you've got the Boston Celtics who've been playing in my opinion, the best basketball outside of the Suns in the entire NBA. Uh, they're the sixth seed right now. They're four and a half games back. Miami's finally coming into play. Not that, listen, they're, they're, they're tied with the Bulls, 38 and 21 at the top of the East. But what do I mean by that is just, just like finally getting healthy and finally, finally getting into a groove. I feel like every time we watch the, Bull, the, the Heat, Jimmy Butler's out. Oh, no. Hero's out. Oh, no. Like, th- there's just... Lowry's out. It's just I, I, there's 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 inconsistency. I think they're finally turning the corner in regard to getting healthy and having all their studs on the court uh, ready to go. The fact that they're thirty and twenty one and have not been healthy all season is pretty impressive. The Bulls, they're back. Seventy Sixers. Now that's going to be interesting to see what happens. Harden as well as Embiid. How do they gel? But I'm expecting them to gel a lot faster because. They're going to have the pieces on the court every night they suit up and play where the, the, the Nets are not, again, because Kyrie. And let's do this. I'm just curious. I want to look at their schedule here really quick and see uh, for, the remainder, for the remainder of the year how many games are on the road and how many games are here in, in Brooklyn. So here we go. Um, so we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14. So, so 14 of the 24 games or 23 games remaining for the Nets are at home. So, you know, and, and, and again, like, you know, this isn't like, you know, you obviously this is the NBA. This isn't like you're, you're going to, uh, you know, the park and you're playing pickup basketball with four other dudes you just met. Like it, this, it, it's going to take a minute for these, this, this team to get together, understand the roles that, uh, that need to be established and have success. 
and and competing against, like I said, the, the East has gotten a lot more competitive. The Bulls are back. The Boston Celtics have turned, man, talk about turning the corner. They are just top three offensively and defensively. Their trade for Derek White, I think, is really significant. You know, Smart and Williams were great defenders. Now you you add White as well as his 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 uh, what he's able to do offensively from the perimeter. I just and then I'm, I haven't even mentioned the box. <laughs> so I, I just I think this is going to be a difficult task for the Nets. Let's go to the phone lines. I want to try to rip through as many as we can before uh, Christian uh, Winfield joins us on the program. Let's go to Dave in Brooklyn. Dave, you're up. Hey, Anita. Hi. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, I wanted to get to a uh, point guard that the Knicks should look into. Um, the Knicks should really look into drafting – sorry, not drafting. The Knicks should look into getting a trade for one of those point guards on OKC Thunder. There's Josh Giddy and there's uh, Shea Gildas. I, I love I um, love Giddy. Nobody's giving up Giddy. Nobody's giving up Giddy. But they have a problem. OKC has a, has a point guard problem. They got two point guards similar to what Sacramento has, and they're going to have to make a decision soon. So, Man, I, lo- I, lo- you know, I love Giddy. I love Giddy. I think that, that'd be a, that, that would be a great get. I just, don't, I just don't think OKC gives him up. But what Dave. about Shay then? Shay's, Shay's another great point guard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, you're, you're going to need somebody who's, uh, who's you know, got a, and, and thank you for the phone call, Dave. You've, you're going to need somebody who's got a lot of physicality, somebody who's, uh, who really likes to, um, you know, bang it in the paint, get up there, take it to the rim, be really aggressive. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm throwing this out here, right? I'm just throwing this out here, food for thought. And I'm really curious because I had this conversation with a friend of mine who's a big Knicks fan this morning. So Kyrie Irving, I know, don't roll your eyes. Don't drive your car off the side of the road. He's got a $36 million player option next year. Now, we heard prior to him coming to Brooklyn that he wanted, that he was considering the Knicks. We know it ended up in Brooklyn. Did it end up in Brooklyn because they had more of the capability and the opportunity to bring Katie and Harden there? I don't know. But would the Nets be be open to a sign-and-trade? Would Kyrie be willing to ditch Katie and, and, you know, after everything that is, has transpired there? Do we even know how Kyrie feels about the addition of Ben Simmons? How this is all going to work? Again, food for thought. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm throwing it. I'm throwing it out there. It's, it's out there now. <laughs> Let's go to Guy in Queens. Guy, welcome in. Good morning, Amnita. I agree with that last caller who was talking about Josh Giddy. <clears throat> What about Tyrese Halliburton, who uh, fell through the cracks? Leon Rose should have been on the phone with Sacramento and trying to get him. I don't know how Indiana landed him. What do you think about that scenario? Yeah, I, I like him as well. I like him as I like. Listen, here, here's the thing. And guy, thanks for the phone call. There, there's, there's going to be, a, there's going to be a lot of options out there. You also have to consider uh, what's going on at the center spot, right? Like, I think. I don't know about you guys. I do like Robinson. Uh, I think that they should re-sign him. Um, also, what are they going to do with, with Noel? I, I know that health-wise, he hasn't been able to be on the court this year. But like I said, top five in regard to uh, block shots last year. Great rim protector. 
Does he go elsewhere? Does he stay here? Gibson is, is going to be a free agent as well. That's another thing. I, I think those are the two key areas. I know we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, Julius Randle. Is he a one? No, we all know he's not. Uh, how legit of a two is he? Um, I, we spend a lot of time talking about Julius Randle, but really, I believe that the keys here for the Knicks moving forward is the point guard position as well as the center position and what they need to do because uh, there's going to be some vacancies there as well. Uh, let's go to Dave in Westchester. Dave, welcome in. Hey, good morning. A uh, lot to talk about here. Overall, agree with many of the sentiments you expressed. Uh, let's take a look at the last 20 years, Nick coaches. Fizdale, Hornacek, Fisher, Mike Miller. Uh, Thibodeau is the closest thing that this organization has had to a Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy, of course, being the coach when the Knicks are actually relevant, when they had some mm-hmm. semblance of respectability. Uh, Thibodeau is not to blame here, okay? Uh, the person who's coaching the sidelines, he's up in the battle. His body language is fine, all right? If he's not a player's coach, whatever that means in this day and age, well, then change the players. Leon Rose knows Thibodeau. He knows his style. Uh, perimeter defender is Peyton Bach. I understand they couldn't put the hoop in the ocean, uh, the ball in the ocean in the playoffs, but their defense is what got them to the playoffs. So then the Knicks couldn't score in the playoffs, so they went out and they tried to upgrade their scoring power, but they're not playing any defense. They would have, If you look at the schedule, they would have won so many games this year if they had those two perimeter defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, they certainly wouldn't have squandered three 20-point leads in seven games. Um, and I, I called this early on in the season, about three weeks in. I went to a Knicks Bucks the second time they played them. We lost. I called in. I said, this team lacks identity. Last year they had a strong identity that was built on defense. They were in every single game. And for people to point the fingers at Tibble, that was not fair. It's unjust. And uh, those folks are the same people that just don't realize that uh, this coach is, 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 is a true leader. This coach is the, the only thing that, you know, besides getting Jeff Van Gundy himself, which will never happen with Dolan being the owner, um, this is the closest we got. Uh, so, you know, I'm just curious to hear what you have to, have to say about the incongruence in terms of uh, the identity of the coach being defensive-minded and bringing in players that aren't. Um, and, and also, you know, what can be done at this point uh, with, these, with these, you know, we were in a very favorable position last summer with salary cap, and now we've got some really big contracts, which uh, these players' stock have never been lower. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's solid, and, and I, think, I, th- I really think you hit the nail on the head when you said that this team doesn't have an identity. It had an I- identity last year, and, and you were absolutely right in regard to, uh, you know, how well they played defense. Um, no, they weren't, you know, a juggernaut offensively, uh, but they were able to uh, to play excellent defense, uh, second shot opportunities in regard to uh, rebounding, and and as I said, Noel being a rim protector, there was just I, also I, I felt like there were distinct roles last year that uh, that players understood and 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 performed well in, and that's just not the case this year. And I think a big reason is because Tibbs is is, is trying to find that elixir. He's trying to find that 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 perfect lineup uh, that's that's going to win games and and it's it's just there there's there's been a no consistency and of course we've got the uh, the NBA All Star game later on today 
LeBron James against uh, Team LeBron against Team KD. As we know, KD can't even play. So that's that's there's a knock right there on that side. Uh, LeBron's team is favored by five and a half. I think this should be more. To me, this is one of my favorite plays heading into the weekend. Uh, I, I put money on this on, on Friday. Uh, first and foremost, it's being played in Cleveland. We know how much LeBron James loves Cleveland. In fact, apparently, not sure if you saw this, he came out and he said he's not shutting the door that a return to Cleveland might happen. I don't know. Maybe when, you know, Bronny enters the NBA and that's expected to be in 2024, 2025, maybe that's the team that LeBron and Bronny go play for is uh, Cleveland. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But uh, in regard to the All-Star game, LeBron's team has won four straight. The last two two seasons, he's won by 20 and 19 points, which is just ridiculous. And his team is ridiculous. Is it is it is it <laughs> is it safe to say that LeBron might be a better general manager than uh, than than a player if, that, if that's even doable? Um, look at his team: Giannis, Curry, uh, Jokic, uh, DeRozan. His bench is Luca, Chris Paul, and Butler. One might say that LeBron's bench is even better than Katie's starters. I don't know what the hell, I don't know what Katie was doing while this draft was going on. I, maybe he was, you know, drafting friends uh, as opposed to uh, best player on the board. And we know what happens when that, uh, when, when we do that. I always tell people in fantasy, right? Like, you know, you, you got to leave your heart at the door. You, you got to draft the best players, even if they play for teams uh, that you root against. It's just, if you want to win in fantasy, that's what you got to do. And I just, I don't know what Katie was thinking with this team. Uh, three of the top five NBA scorers are on LeBron's team. Just marinating that for a minute. So uh, LeBron minus, minus LeBron's team minus five and a half, minus six. I'm all about it. The over-under is at 320, 321 and a half, which is a lot. But if you've watched this, we know these guys don't play defense. And you've got so much star power that's going to be on, on the court. I just, I have a small lean. I have a small lean on the over. I know, again, I know it's a lot. Um, I wouldn't put a lot of money on it. And last but not least, I've got LeBron James winning the MVP for two reasons. Number one, uh, it's in Cleveland. We know he's going to ball out. Uh, number two, he's the one who, who, who put this team together. You know, he's the, you know, he's the star, he's home, and he's the gen, he's the GM. So uh, you, you've got to give him some points there as well, considering that he was able to put this roster together. So LeBron James winning the MVP at plus 650. That's where, that's where I'm rolling. Before we take a break, let's go to our phone lines. We've got Richard in Manhattan. Richard, you're up. Welcome in. Uh, this is Bruce from Manhattan. Are you speaking to me? Yes, I'm sorry. What, what, I have Richard here. What's your name? Bruce. No, it's Bruce. Oh, Bruce. Hi. Okay, Bruce. Bruce Welcome Brown. in. Sorry, sorry. Hey. Okay. Got uh, it. Anita, uh, I love listening to you, but I totally disagree with your take on the Nets. I believe that if all three guys are healthy, you've got uh, Simmons contributing a heck of a lot, defensively and offensively. Defensively, it goes without saying. Offensively, he, he penetrates, he dishes, he could shoot the two-pointer. Uh, you got the uh, big three uh, with him. Uh, you can't double team two guys. And then, there's, if you do, he's automatically penetrating. And then you got the wild card and Bruce Brown. You got the outside shooters. 
I wonder what Philly's record was with, when Embiid was healthy with and without our boy, Ben Simmons. What do you think? Um, I, I just, I, I think, I think there's so much, there's so much there, Richard, and I appreciate the phone call. Um, to, to me, it's just, this is a sit back, wait and see what happens here. There's, there's, there's so many, so many layers to what's going on with this Nets team. Let's be honest, right? Like the addition of Curry, will Joe Harris play? Um, Drummond in the paint. Does he help them with rim, rim, rim protection in regard to rebounding? You know, that's really a big area where the Nets have struggled. Um, ben Simmons helping them on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, you know, the makeup of this Nets team is very different than what he was playing with in, in Philadelphia. So, but then again, at the same time, um, it's going to take a minute for them to gel. And yet Kyrie can't play here at home. So I just, it's just a lot to unpack here. There's a, it's an onion. There's a lot of layers. I just, I'm, I'm going to back, not really have a lot of judgment and, and see how this all unfolds. I find it quite intriguing. Let's go to Terrence in New Jersey. Terrence, you're up. Hi, Anita. How are you doing? Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. I want to say, I want to talk about this, this whole um, LeBron James, Rob Lincoln thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of over LeBron. You know, LeBron is the one that put this team together. You know, he's the one that got all those young guys sent away, and he wanted Russell Westbrook to take time to take over the, you know, take take over the team. And it just hasn't worked out. You know, you you, you can't blame Mafalinka for giving him everything that, that that he wants. You know, that's one thing. And one last thing I want to say: the, the thing that bothers me the most is him talking about Pops. Oh, I could possibly go back to Cleveland. Like, dude, you can't be called the goat and you're going to like four different places. You just can't. That's what. But Terrence, but Terrence, that's what. But Terrence, that's what he does. That's what he does. Like, and and I know a lot of people think I, you know, I I, I'm rough on LeBron. It's not that I'm, and and I appreciate the phone call, Terrence. It's not that I'm rough on LeBron. It's just, you know, I I get it. Like we we, Terrence, thanks for the phone call. Uh, You know, we we live in this society where we just put so much emphasis on players winning championships and that's how we define them and i just i totally disagree with it when it comes to to team sports you know i I know a lot of people feel that i give tom brady a hard time i personally don't think tom brady's the greatest quarterback of all time now is he in the top three top five discussion absolutely do i have immense respect for him in regard to uh, his 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 commitment to excellence, absolutely. But do I feel that he's the best quarterback to ever play the game? No, I don't. I think Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Tom Brady. I think Dan Marino's a better quarterback than Tom, than Tom Brady. But just because they don't have as many championships, I, I don't. I, I don't agree with it. So. And we're talking about team sports. You want to talk about the greatest of all time in individual sports? Sure. You want to argue, you know, Jack or Tiger? You want to you want to argue Serena or Steffi? Like, great. But when it comes to team sports, no way. 
But uh, really quick, before we do a few things, I want to give you some plays and some picks in the Genesis Invitational. Um, there's there's a really juicy play out there. I'm going to give you in just a second. But just to, I apologize, I had to go to a break. I was <clears throat> choking. I needed a, a sip of water. Uh, but in, in regard to LeBron James, um, you know, again, one would argue, right, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, uh, who's the be- who's the best? Who's the greatest of all time? I, I know there's people who actually, you know, who co- throw Kobe Bryant into that mix. Um, a, a number of other NBA players as well. Again, it's a team sport. Um, for me, it's Michael Michael Jordan. It'll probably always be Michael Jordan for me. I think a lot of it has to do the era that we grew up in. If you did watch Michael Jordan play live each and every night. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I, I think the younger generation leans towards LeBron because uh, they didn't uh, have really they they didn't ha- they weren't blessed with the opportunity to watch Michael Jordan play uh, the nights that he did. So, uh, but regardless, this is what this is what LeBron does, and that is tries to win championships wherever he goes. We saw what happened in Miami. Then you know he left Miami, you know, claiming that he went back to to Cleveland to win one for his hometown. Okay, but I my own personal opinion. A healthy Kyrie Irving was more attractive for him to go back to Cleveland. I highly doubt. I don't. If Kyrie was in Cleveland, do you really think LeBron would have went to Cleveland as opposed to a a Dwayne Wade who was getting older, long in the tooth, and was dealing with some knee issues towards uh, the end of uh, of his tenure there in Miami, right? And then he leaves and then goes to the Lakers, brings in uh, AD. It's just like, you know, this is, this is his MO and, and I I get it. And I I think a lot of it is us as a society appointing players as the greatest of all time, based on the number of championships they win, regardless if it's a team sport or not, which I think is just ridiculous. Again, my two cents. Um, so, um, We'll see. We'll, we, we will see what happens. I'm fading the Lakers for the remainder of the season, by the way. When AD was out for uh, four weeks, uh, they went 7-10 and 10 when he was out with his MCL injury. Who knows when he's going to be back. Westbrook isn't a good fit. There's 24 games remaining for them. Uh, they're ranked ninth in, in the West right now. And LeBron's got a knee issue. Now, listen, I totally expect LeBron to ball out tonight. I, I think, this is, I think th- this is the highlight of the season for LeBron is tonight. I think LeBron's going to ball out at home in Cleveland. Like I said, I do expect him to win the MVP. You can get that at plus six fifty. Um, and and I and I think I think the remainder of the of the career, his career is is going to be, and we hear it time and time again. And I just saw, you know, I'm, I'm hosting, and I've got the TV on here in my studio, and I'm seeing, you know, video of, of him and Bronny. And more than likely, that's going to happen in 2024. I had this conversation with Ty yesterday on the show, and that is, you know, not to say shut LeBron down. I know that he's looking to, you know, surpass the uh, the, the scoring uh, record when it's all said and done. He, he's going to get that next year. I just, he's 37 years old. What, what really, realistically, what is this Lakers team playing for this season? Do you really think they're going to beat the Suns? Absolutely not. I don't know if anybody beats the Suns. Pre- Season pick, I've got the Golden State Warriors over the Miami Heat in the NBA championship. Uh, I also have Steph Curry winning the MVP. That was my preseason. Those were my preseason plays. Uh, We'll see if that does materialize. Um, But right now, in regard to how good the Suns are playing, I just, I I don't know. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if anybody could beat the Suns. I, I mean, they're just ridiculous, right? Like six and a half game lead 
over anyone in the NBA. Uh, third best offense and defense in, in the NBA. They had that 18-game win streak. Aiton's balling out. Chris Paul leads the league in assists. Uh, Booker's unbelievable. Everybody, the role playing there is 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 just they're just really good. So I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to beat them. But uh, before we take a break, and, and like I said, we're going to come back and we're going to hear from Steve Verderosa. I just want to share with you. So uh, help people help people out there win some money. Uh, so you've got the Genesis Invitational that's happening right now, and and that's at Riviera Country Club out there in California. So uh, right now, uh, Neiman is at the top of the leaderboard at 19 under, okay? Cameron Young is right behind him at 16 under. Not right behind him, three shots back. Then you've got Victor Hovland, who's 13 under, so he's six shots back. Following him, it's Justin Thomas at 12, Morikawa at 11, Leishman at 10, along with McNeely, Homa, and, and Scotty Scheffler. Emilio Grillo is at nine under. So he, here's, here's what I would do today. Okay. Now, the last time there was a wire-to-wire winner at Riviera at the Genesis Invitational was back in 1983. Um, and your value that you're going to get on Neiman to win, there's this, the FPI probability of Neiman winning this thing is 75%. So I just want I just want to let you know the uh, so. Whatever whatever bets you make outside of Neiman, you only have a 25% chance of winning. So know that going in. But here's the thing. I'm putting money on Hovland. I know he's six shots back. But you can get it at 10 to 1. So throw $5 on it. Win 50 bucks if he wins. Here's the thing. He is 13 under in rounds 2 and 3. Set a course record in rounds two and three, Friday and Saturday at Riviera. Dude's playing out of his mind right now. First in strokes gain total. First in strokes gain tee to green. First in strokes gain on approach. And fourth in strokes gain off the tee. Those are the important metrics here on this track. He's crushing it. Also, he's done it before. He was six back at the Hero um, World Tournament. And he came back and, and, and won it. And it's, let me tell you something. It's much different when you are the hunted as opposed to the hunter. And I have a feeling that, uh, that Neiman shot a 68 yesterday. I have a feeling that, that mentally it's going to be tough. It's tough when you've gone wire to wire three straight days. You've, it's, it's mentally grueling. So I just think that there's value at Hovland to win this at 10 to 1. And then it gets really fun. Take out Neiman. Take out Young. You can bet Hovland will finish better than anyone else outside of Neiman and Young at two to one. I put $25 on that. I really like Hovland heading into today. Also, uh, some uh, matchups I like in the fourth round. Uh, Emilio Grillo over McNeely. Uh, Grillo has been uh, good as of late as well. He shot uh, 65 yesterday, so hopefully he picks up where he left off. Hovland over Neiman. Odds are minus 145. It's a little bit too much juice for me, but I'll use it in a in a parlay. And and uh um so th- that's that's really what I would do. So let me just there we go. So using it in a parlay is plus 271 with Emilio Grillo. And that's how I would play this. So jump on Hovland if you can. Again, the tournament starts in about 10 minutes. Uh Hovland to win it at 10 to 1. Hovland to win it. Minus Neiman and Young at two to one. Again, 
full disclosure, full transparency in regard to the FBI, you're talking about a 25% chance of somebody other than Neiman winning. Okay? So go in eyes wide open. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.